a Mustang! Blah! But I'm like the Boston version of that without meaning to, you know? I'll be like, whoa, is that a real billboard? What's Panera Bread? <laughs> Excuse me, can you get a picture of me and the black guy? Because <laughs> people don't know that about Hawaii. History of those islands, only seven black guys ever. There used to be eight, but the one guy left to become president. So, yeah. So I'm excited to be living in Boston. There's 73 black people. I know. <laughs> they do not like that joke in Boston, surprisingly. <laughs> Boston's fucking weird, dude. Like, I don't understand. Like, I, I always get the question, like, why would you move here from Hawaii? Why would you come here? Real question is, why the fuck haven't you left, Bernice? What's so great about Tewksbury, Massachusetts? You know what I mean? It's like, like everyone that lives in Boston is from Boston and they hate Boston, you know? It's like the abusive boyfriend of cities. Bernice, you've been miserable your whole life. He treats you poorly, takes your money, almost killed you last winter. And she's like, have you seen the Celtics roster? <laughs> he fucking loves me, okay? <laughs> That took a weird turn, but it's okay. Uh, my next joke is uh, about homeless people, but I'm gonna skip it, because I'm in San Francisco, so. Yeah, that, that, that seems like a good idea, right? It bombed at the last show, so. We're gonna move right on along. Uh, did you guys know they made four Free Willy movies? You know what you call that fourth movie? A very obtainable whale, okay? <laughs> Third movie, you keep the whale. You earned the whale, okay? There's more fish in the sea. We'll be good. It's fine. Like, I just, I, people have to watch the third one for there to be a fourth one. You know what I mean? I want to know who's at home like, damn, Willie got captured again? Oh, we got to see if he gets free this time. Wouldn't that be better, a movie where they don't free Willie at the end, you know? Free Willie 5, The Cove. <laughs> Hey, you guys fuck with Airbud? <laughs> yeah? The lovable golden retriever with an athlete, with a soul of an athlete? Oh, man. Uh, if you're not familiar, it's a series of movies in the 90s for children that was about a dog that played sports. Uh, by the fourth or fifth movie, there was no script. It was like two guys in a room like, dude, do you want to see a dog in rollerblades? <laughs> Inline canine. All right. There we go. Let's do it. But the first one, a legit movie it has a script and everyone forgets how fucking weird it is okay this is all real I'm gonna to, everything I'm about to tell you is real okay it starts with a boy whose dad just died in the Gulf War because it's in the 90s so you know it's it's, it's okay it's not a real person um, <laughs> anyway he moves to a new town just wants to play basketball you know but he sucks at basketball and uh, they go to another part of the story and there's a clown there's like a birthday party clown in the town and he has a dog that does tricks but he beats the fuck out of this dog, okay? But that's what makes him good at the tricks. You know what I mean? This is, this is the movie, okay? <laughs> and one day the dog gets free and finds the kid in the woods and teaches him to play basketball and kind of becomes a father figure. I'm not making any of this up, okay? <laughs> and then the kid joins the basketball team at school and the dog becomes the mascot. And then one of the other kids on the team gets like physically abused by the coach but then he gets better at basketball after they fire the coach. So it's like, there's a theme of this movie, okay? <laughs> and then it goes on and, you know, 
have a game at the end of the year and some kid gets hurt and they're like, oh, we only have four guys, but we got this fucking dog that plays basketball, so. <laughs> and the referee's argument is there's no rules in the rule book that say a dog can't play basketball. <laughs> Sound logic. <laughs> so this dog comes in like Allen Iverson in 2001, just breaking ankles, doing all sorts of crazy shit. Okay, the kid that was playing defense on, like, I mean, you could have put a jersey on a vacuum cleaner and it could have played better D than he could. But everyone knows it's a movie of, like, all right, redemption, the dog, they win, you know, and the kid and the dog are all good. But I don't see that part of the movie. I see the part of a movie where there's a boy that couldn't guard a fucking dog. <laughs> what do we do in the situation this movie has taught us? That's right, beat him, okay? Hey, you guys, this is the 90s. It was different back then, all right? Shit was different. Hey, fun fact, I just got engaged. Huh? Look at that. Yeah. Thank you. Decent, straight, white man. Decent. All right, never mind. We'll move on from that. Um, yeah, I've been with my uh, fiance for eight years, eight years now. And I didn't realize how you have to work like a lot in relationships. The I thought it's like you got the cheat codes, you're good. Play the game the rest of your life. But no, you got to keep working and working and working. And like one of the things that she wanted to have this year was like, you know, music during the lovemaking sessions. And I didn't like that because it made me feel like I was cheap, like I was in porn. But then she said I could pick the music we fucked to. I don't know if anyone here has ever come to the Space Jam theme song before, but uh, whoo, I took it into overtime, that's for sure. Come on and slam if you wanna jam. Everybody get up. It's time to slam now. Yeah. The other thing this year was she wanted us to do role-playing, which I wasn't a fan. I was like, ooh, maybe i do an accent or a funny hat and a mustache, and then... No, no, she uh, wanted me to pretend to be a burglar who breaks into our house while she's showering and holds her down, okay? I know. Something we found out about role-playing this year is I'm terrible at sexual assault. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad problem to have, but... <laughs> It is in my life because I'm in love with this girl and this is her fantasy for whatever reason. Um, and I'm ruining it for her, you know what I mean? She's like, if you're not even gonna do it, don't even bother. And I'm like, damn it, first it's the bookshelf, then I didn't make enough money, now it's the rape. Ah! You're just like your mother. Oh man, you guys have been great. You ready for a fucking comedy festival? Oh man, keep it going for your host, Pam! Sonny Dennis is a beast! Yay! All the way from Boston. I love all the guys from Boston. A lot of our people in the festival this year also come from Washington, like our next comedian. No, he comes from Portland, Oregon. I remember. No, now I remember because I remember seeing his video. I remember laughing so hard. The helium place that you guys have up there. My God. Every, anyone from Portland, they do some great fucking videos, and you have a great, great, great uh, club up there, the helium, and your next... Comedian, his, I, I saw, I watched it extra times just because he made me laugh so hard. Like, honestly, I loved your, your next comedian so much. He did, he was, you guys are going to love him right now. Look at this full house. If anybody want, I mean, I don't even know where people can sit. You want to sit on people's laps? I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, friends, make friends. Sit on a friend's lap. Put your hands together for your next comedian, everyone. It's Jaron George. Yay! Give it up for Pam. Oh, yeah, so intimate. Mm, look at this. Nice. Hey, I'm Jaron George, a.k.a. Black Licorice. Uh -huh. 
AKA just a slice of Kit Kat. Hey, just a slice, all right? Sit down, just a slice. Hey, just a slice, okay? I'm so skinny, um, my friends, my friends, they won't let me hold their babies. They won't do it. No, are you kidding me? Look at this, look at this wingspan, huh? It's not, look at that, I almost could reach you. It's not safe, huh? Look at that, okay. I always thought like if, um, if my baby was born and like um, the nurse brought my baby and was just like, look, Mr. George, you wanna hold your baby? And I'm like, sure. So I rolled up my, my uh, sleeves and she's like, oh, not now, the baby's taking a nap, not now. She saw my wrist, you guys. So what I'm trying to say is when you see your boy Jaren at the gym, huh? And the food trucks, <laughs> he'll let you know. <laughs> He's trying to hold his baby. Someone, someone said I give out lousy handshakes because I'm a skinny guy. Like, a, it's self-defense, you know. I'm a little bit flimsy with it. I'm not trying to sprain the wrist, you know. Like, hey, can you, what, do you, what do you think about that? Huh? Like, oh, okay, all right. That's honest. Wait, what's your name? Douglas. Give it up for Douglas, huh? Honest Douglas. There you go. Huh? Nice applause. Um, just letting you know, it was my bit. So this applause was for me. Um, just, I want to put that out there. I traveled long ways for I'm just kidding. Really give it up for Douglas, everyone. Give it up. Come on. See, I control the situation. <laughs> I need this, Douglas. No more tension now. Okay, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, man, yeah, I've been having a good day. It was a good flight, um, even though Airbnb was a little um, shaky, but I had a good day. You ever had a good day where, like, um, you, you head home and you're just like, I'm gonna go masturbate. And then you're just like, no, my heart is full. No, <laughs> no, no, tired. I love that saying because like I look on Facebook, I have friends who are just like, I petted too many puppies. <laughs> my heart is full. I'm like, God forbid, Jen, you pet one more puppy. What about your son? <laughs> From your heart. Uh. Yeah, um, I'm fr yeah, I'm, I'm originally from New York City. Um, uh, most of my family's from the East Coast. I'm the first one to move to the West Coast. Um, I'm not trying to say I don't get along with my family. I'm like the black sheep of the family. Oh, the white sheep. Uh, that makes sense, okay. Um, for example, um, my uncle will take me to Costco to help him with his bulk savings, and um, if, if I do a good job, I got a treat for me um, heading my way. So uh, he takes me to uh, Costco's uh, Majestic Music uh, Department, huh? and um, he asked me what CD I wanted. And, I was, and he was giving me selections. He was like, hey, nephew, you want that one? I was like, uh, no, thank you, uncle. Um, and he's like, oh, Jay you don't want Jay-Z? Oh, too much profanity. I get it. Okay. Um, how about Will Smith, huh? How huh, nephew, you want to get jiggy with Will Smith? I was like, no, thank you. And with courage, I pointed out the CD I wanted, and I was like, I want that one. He was like, oh, Dave Matthews Band? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, he got that for me, and a quiet ride home, you guys, huh? <laughs> Lasted for many years, good value, huh? Good value. Good value. Um, I love the West Coast here. Uh, yeah, what, what was the reason I moved? Oh, yes, the weed. Um, you, have, uh, you have wonderful weed. There you go. Just waiting for the applause. Um, just one? Okay, all right. Um, yeah, the weed, like, in the East Coast, like, um, the only thing I miss at the East Coast um, with weed is, like, um, oh, if you have the weed for your friends, you're the fucking hero. Oh, my God. You show up. You're VIP. Are you kidding me? 
I show up one time, they're just like, oh, Jaren's here, right this way. Like, they pop me a seat, and you're just like, oh, remember, he likes the lower um, back pillow, just while he's rolling up. He, they know what I like, you know? And I come to, like, Portland, and um, everyone has weed, man. I don't feel special. Like, um, the only thing is missing is someone has, like, a piece, like a bowl. So, like, if I had the bowl, they'd go like, oh, Jaren, finally, you're late. Come on, man. Come on, pack it up. What you got? You know, this guy Thomas, so snarky with their weed. They were just like, um, Thomas was like, oh, we got, um, they were just talking about like, oh, my, my weed is like, um, it's really crystallized. Uh, what about yours, Jaren? Jaren, what weed do you pack in here? And then I'm just like, um, it's Sinex, it's Indica. Uh, um, no, no, sorry, it's Sativa, Sativa, you guys. I'm sorry, it's 3 p.m. in the afternoon. We got shit to do, I know. And he's like, oh, yeah, Jaren, I know about Sinex, but um, how much THC, what's the percentage? And I was just like, I don't and I look at the bottle, I was like, it's 18%. He's like, oh, sorry, Jared? It's 18%! And he was like, Jared, my dear boy, you can put that away. <laughs> um, Max here gets 30% um, of um, Durban poison. Uh, we're trying to get high, Jared, not feel all right. And I was like, okay. <laughs> no one wants to pregame. Okay, you're right. I put it away. I'm gonna mess with that. Um... Yes, I know you hear my voice. Um, I'm a weird-sounding black man, yes. Sometimes, yeah, I, I sound like the only black kid at a Jewish summer camp, you know? Like, <laughs> are you hearing this, huh? <laughs> it's okay, you know? It's what I live with, so. Um, hey, good news, um, Pokemon Go. Did you hear, Pokemon Go is popular than Tinder, huh? Did you hear about this? Yeah! Now, now I'm not trying to brag here, but I got some Pikachus and some Charizards up for trade. Ladies! <laughs> Damn, it never works, okay. <laughs> Meet me at the gym, okay. I told you that, yeah. Um, yeah, things are good. No, I'm, I'm just kidding. I um, found someone who could trade with me, no worries. Um, um, but the thing is, um, uh, I'm going out with this girl and like, um, I'm trying to get better with dirty sex talk, you know? like. Um, uh, back in college, I tried it out. Um, I was in a racial relationship. Uh, she was white, I was black, and uh, we were getting it on, and um, she started throwing out a dirty talk on me, and uh, I was like, uh, okay, let me just try this out. She was like, oh, Jaren, Jaren, you're my mocha king. And I was like, okay, all right, we're warming up, all right. And she got me with, uh, yeah, Jaren, give me a chocolate cake dick, you know? I was like, okay, right. we're getting somewhere, okay. <laughs> started turning over, and then she was like, Jaren, and you? Like, it's my turn, you know? Like, I, I, I started panicking. I was like, yeah, baby, oh, baby. Chocolate cake dick is on the way, yes. <laughs> it is, you know? And she was like, no, Jaren, no, talk dirty, racially, to me! <laughs> oh, um, so I tried it out again. I was like, yeah, baby. And here's the thing. She was like all food related, right? So I, I thought there was a theme. So I'm just like, yeah, yeah, baby, baby, <laughs> baby, you're so hot, baby, you're so hot like, like egg whites. <laughs> so uh, she sighed and dismounted off of me. And, um, <laughs> and she went to get her clothes. And um, I, I was trying to call her back. I was still trying. I was like, baby, where you going? My bowl of mashed potatoes. Where you going, huh? <laughs> no. No, baby, where you going, my coconut custard pie? Huh? Where you going? <laughs> she hesitated on the coconut custard pie, you know? She was like... And it, <laughs> I was hungry, huh? Look, come on. 
I should try that out first, the coconut cassava. Next time. Next time. Um, I, uh, a little thing, um, I, oh, I quit my uh, after-school instructor job, yeah. Um, because, um, yeah, I mean, working with kids is, um, is cool and all, but like the thing is, is like, uh, anyone like Harry Potter fans? All right, there we go. Yeah, yeah, the school I work at, they take their Harry Potter too seriously, you know? I had to like bring it down a peg, and um, this kid, um, Matthew, like, he picked up a twig, and he was just like, I challenge you to a duel, Mr. G! And I was like, bring it. So I pick up a twig, and I was like, all right. And then we, there's a whole crowd of kids watching us, so I was like, all right, let's go, let's do this, Matthew! And then he was just like, stupid fudge! And then I react, I was like, oh, you got me, okay. And I was like, oh, smell the obvious, right? And he's like, ah! And then he tripped and fell, right? I was like, Matthew, you can and then he's like, yeah, I'm fine. And he gets up so angry, right? And his eyes just glazed over. He's just like, I got something for you, Mr. G. And then he, he picks up his wand. He's like, Avada Kedavra. <laughs> we're, like, we're just two spells in, man. <laughs> and he's like, don't, don't forget a curse on me. You know, you know that one, right? And you thought I was going to play along while you think I was going to drop dead. I was like, no, Matthew, no. Your heart didn't mean it, Matthew. Read the, <laughs> did you read the books? Where's your heart in that? I hold the door for you, Matthew. <laughs> and you said good morning to me. I asked if you were okay. And then he was just like, oh, uh, and then he realized he forgot the rules. He was like, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. G, I, I, I forgot. Yeah, yeah, you forgot. What house are you in? And then he was just like, uh, uh, Gryffindor? I got like, Gryffindor? 100 points off Gryffindor. <laughs> Looked like a Hufflepuff to me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, then the principal was like, Mr. G, you can't keep taking house points away from the kids. I was like, how are they gonna learn? How? Yeah. Um, oh yeah, um, I played a cool game on my phone called uh, Puppy Farm 3. Um, and it, I, I think I hear some fans, okay. Um, I skip one and two, Let, you'll get this. Uh, um, a game you play, um, you pet, and you farm virtual puppies, okay? On a virtual farm, on your phone, so convenient. They give you 15 virtual biscuits to start off with, huh? Keep them busy, keep them behaved. I ran out of the virtual biscuits. Then those in-app purchases, they're trying to get me to pay more. I was like, no, I'm a good puppy owner. I'm, I'm gonna do it without the biscuits. Um, I couldn't do it without the biscuits. Um, <laughs> they were pissing all over my virtual bedroom. Um, in each corner, you know, and I was getting stressed out. I was like, no, I can't, I can't raise these puppies all by myself like this without the biscuits, and I don't got money for that. But then um, I was gonna take off the, the game off my phone, uh, but before I did that, the game saw that I was about to do it, and there was a special that popped up, and I looked at the special, and I was like, oh, because I don't want anything to happen to my puppies like in the cloud, you know? So I was like, man, yeah, this special looks like a good deal, because like, um, so I took this special because like, um, again, um, the special, like, uh, again, don't want anything to happen to them. So um, for the special, uh, for the $10, um, I got them put down, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> what? Because I didn't want anything to happen. It would be my burden, you guys. My virtual burden, huh? Okay. We're on the same page, okay. Cool. Um, yeah, this has been cool. Um, Last thing I want to say is, um, yeah, um, I'm dealing with uh, overly nice, passive-aggressive drivers in Portland. Uh, you know anyone know what I'm talking about? 
like, like they, they're trying to be too nice for no reason. Like, they don't have to. Imagine trying to cross the street at 11 p.m. There's only one car. I see a Toyota Prius just quietly trying to drive by, right? And I do this move where, like, I could cross the street. There's no crosswalk, but I could walk a block, right? Let this car go, win-win situation, then I'll cross, right? This guy saw me do this move. Like, I looked over, and then I saw him, and I just kept going. He, he stopped suddenly, right? right? And then he flashes headlights, honks his horn, looks at me, and does this. And I'm looking around like, no, man, keep it going, you know? <laughs> what are you trying to play, like progressive bingo? What are you trying to do, huh? Good Samaritan act, 20 points. Mm. And a black man. <laughs> Double the points, yes. 40 more points, I get a zucchini muffin from the farmer's market. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. That's what it is, yes. Anyone um, a fan of sh uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, the movie series? Anyone? Oh, you don't like sexiness? Okay. Well, there's a new movie coming out, um, Fifty Shades Darkest. You know what that means? You know what that fucking means? Hmm. That means there's more black people in the movie, you guys? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm Jaron George, and I do what I want. Jaron George, everyone, yay! Give that man a zucchini muffin, hooray! All right, I'm excited about your next comedian. He's also from the northern hinterlands. If anyone's sitting down and their butt hurts, you might want to like nod with a person who's been standing and be like a be like a. Do you want to switch or do you want to stand? Do you want to be nice? You don't have to. It's okay. I know. I don't know how. I don't know how. There's so many people in the room. It's like really kind of amazing. I just take a picture of just the audience. This is very exciting. Uh, your next comedian. He's also from the northwest, and I'm so excited that he's here. Put your hands together for Todd Kirkwood. Yeah. Oh, thank you guys. I'm actually not a comic. I just want to get up on stage so I can stretch. Jesus Christ, it's packed in here. Oh my God. I've been standing back there and I'm like, there's no room. I can't breathe. I'm dying. The stage looks like it's got space. Send me up there, please. Oh my God. That's a good looking crowd. Any Latinos in here? Fuck, come on. Nobody? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fucking Trump family in here. Oh my God. All right. Well, then anything I say is the goddamn truth, all right? Just take it as the truth, all right? It's fine. Oh, my God. I'm actually, all right, I'm actually only half. I'll be honest with you. My dad's Mexican. My mom is Irish descent. Super pasty. Like, if there's a fluorescent light bulb too bright, she sunburns. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, you're laughing. You got it. Yeah, you're like, yeah. 75 SPF? Yeah, all right, all right. We got it. So my mom's Irish. My dad's Mexican. I identify as Leprechaun. All right, so just follow me. Kind of, if you haven't heard that, I got some friends, Jorge O'Malley, Seamus Rodriguez. We get together. It's green tequila, corned beef burritos, the whole nine yards. You know what I mean? It's a good time for us right now because we're coming up on St. Patrick's Day. Between St. Patrick's Day and Cinco de Mayo is my Lent. Give up the same thing every year, sobriety. It's going to be great, all right? It's, and look, I don't want to blame my genetics for my drinking problem, but I can, so I will, all right? And I do. I have, a bee, I have a wee bit of a drinking problemo. Um, I like to call it that. It sounds cute and not dangerous at all. It's fine. But I was. After one of these shows, drank way too much. Okay, way too much. And listen, Sonny was talking about it earlier, but I drank so much, I blacked out. Mm, I know. But when I blacked in. Now listen, I don't care what he was saying. I black out like a pro, all right? For me, blacking out is a power nap, all right? I come back stronger and drunker than before. 
I was out there. I come back. I just like, oh, yeah. yeah. I rub my eyes like a three-year-old. No, what's going on? Do I get another bottle? And <laughs> sitting there, first thing I noticed, I was on the side of the road. Cop lights behind me. Ugh. Second thing I noticed, I was in an Uber and he was getting a ticket. Oh, oh my God. I was so happy and still massively drunk. I popped out of the car, spiked my keys on the ground, and was like, King Kong ain't got shit on me. That's when I realized the cop was already up by the side of the car, you know? And he like wasn't even mad, his arms crossed. He's like, hey, Denzel, Mr. Training Day, you been drinking tonight? And like, look, I can't lie to cops, right? Because I respect the badge and I'm allergic to bullets. So, <laughs> He asked me, and I just looked him right in the eye, and I said, 17 shots of Jameson. <laughs> Give me the breathalyzer. I'll go for the record. Come on. <laughs> and he didn't know what to do with me. I was too much. So he just poured me back into the Uber <laughs> and sent us both off with a warning. I was like, all right. So me and my driver did the only thing we could do. We went to the bar and celebrated. It was beautiful. <laughs> my driver, Mark, we're friends on Facebook now. He comes to all my shows. <laughs> That's how you get fans, one at a time. Oh, my God. This is a beautiful-looking crowd. No Latinos, but that's fine. Whatever. Anyone on a date? Looking at dates? Fuck! You guys are worse at crowd work. <laughs> All right. Make some noise if you're having sex tonight. <sighs> Damn, that was some missionary sex right there. That happened. <laughs> are you enjoying this? Yes, I am. Oh, my God. On a Friday night. No one's That's fine. That is actually tracks. I ask that question a lot. We're having a sex drought. 2019 sex drought, yeah. Uh, turns out women, it took like 30,000 years of human evolution, women found out guys are assholes. Uh, recently, it just, just came out, you know? Because a lot of guys never learn the basic rules of kindergarten. No means no. Uh, keep your hands to yourself. No penis at nap time. Just the basic <laughs> rules, you know? And so sex isn't safe anymore, you know what I mean? Like, imagine like meeting a stranger off the internet or a bar and then going back to a secluded room to take your clothes off. They have a show about that. It's called Naked and Afraid, all right? That's terrifying, right? So they have safe sex. I want to invent safer sex. Welcome to my TED Talk. Here we go, all right? Stick with me. One-on-one, -on -one, not safe. We can't be doing one-on-one -on -one anymore. From now on, orgies. Yeah, you're right. That's exactly what we're going to do, orgies from now on. Two-on-two -on -two is the minimum, but I prefer five-on-five -five co-teams, okay? It's going to be great. You're going to treat them just like you do a basketball team, okay? You're going to name them. You guys could be like the San Francisco Millionaires versus the San Jose Gold Diggers or something. I don't know. <laughs> the Oakland Cholas versus the Berkeley Fuckboys. Like, I don't know what you're going to call your teams. That's in charge of you. But imagine, imagine how amazing it would be. Five on five, treat it just like a sport. We could have a halftime where you rehydrate. At the end, you could count up orgasms like score. It'd be like, all right, guys, you guys went five for five like you always do. Good job, I guess. But ladies, ladies, you went 23 for five. Way to tell your partners what you needed out there. That's amazing. <laughs> Everyone gets participation awards. You, you did it. Beautiful. You could have chances to be really sex positive about the whole experience. You'd be like, oh, my God, Karen, your form during that Eiffel Tower was amazing. <laughs> if you don't know what an Eiffel Tower is, look it up on your phone and give me a high five after my set. I'll be outside, okay? <laughs> Uh, dating is tough for me. Like I said, Irish Mexican. Do you guys know how many cousins I have? No, I mean, I'm asking because I don't know how many cousins I have. 
I can't go on Tinder without cross-checking it with Ancestry.com. It's just too, it's too crazy for me out there. In fact, I decided to try and save time and combine the two apps, Tinder and Ancestry. I was going to call it Tincestry. And then I said Tincestry out loud. I was like, oh, I don't know if I want that dirty money. Uh, but I do, and it's the number one selling app in Alabama. Did it? Boom. Done. Got it. <laughs> Sweet Tincestry money. I actually told that joke, and after the show, a woman came up to me, and she's like, hey, just so you know, they have that app in Iceland, because it's such a small little island, a very Inuit. I was like, oh, my God. Like, what's the percentage you're allowed to be related to somebody you're about to have sex with, you know? And then somebody yelled out, 69%. I was like, ah, oh, Jesus, that's a great tag. That's going in. And I was like, well, maybe it's based on time. You know, it's like, all right, Sven, you haven't had sex in one year. You get one cousin, Sven. You get one cousin, and then you can move on. And I, so I asked, I said, well, what's the name of the app? And then she said, Icelanda Kusenfuken. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> That's exactly how they're using it. Uh, I am from Seattle now. Uh, I'm actually from Southern California originally. Uh, nowhere famous, just like the Mojave Desert, Hesperia, California. Anybody? Yep, okay, we got one, that's good. If you don't know, it's the Mojave Desert. Uh, it just looks exactly like Luke Skywalker's home planet of Tatooine. It's exactly like that. But instead of Jedi, we have meth heads and bathrobes. That you can see them. You see them in the pharmacy. They try to use Jedi meth tricks on you. They're like, this isn't the Sudafed you're looking for. And you're like, all right, we can see you. Take your teeth and get out of here, you know? <laughs> but I moved up to Seattle, and Seattle's wild. Like, they have things, and I'm trying to explain this to the rest of the world, so stick with me on this, right? Because they're... They're forward thinkers. They invented Microsoft. They got Boeing. And they invented bikini baristas. Has anyone heard of this? Good. No one's heard of this. Follow me on this one. I'll, I'll break it down for you. Basically, they love caffeine so much up there. And it's so rainy and they're so sexually repressed. <laughs> that they started putting women in bikinis on little attractions on the side of the road to sell coffee. Yeah. So it's just like it sounds, right? It's a barista in a bikini, locked in a tool shed on the side of the goddamn road, all right? Like, that's creepy as hell, you guys. Like, that's Silence of the Lamb type shit, you know? Like, it pours the coffee or it gets the hose again. You're like, ugh. <laughs> no, right? And I'm not trying to knock the women. You know, these are strong, independent women who don't need no apron, I guess. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but you have these guys driving to work in the morning, these sexual Java Johns, if you will heading to work, and they think to themselves, first things first, I got to see some titties. Like, what? <laughs> Why would you want to get horny and then go into work? <laughs> like, in this day and age, that's an HR violation in the making. That's terrifying. Like, I got an erection one day at my work, and I was like, well, today's the day I get fired, I guess. I don't know. I was like, what are you doing here, boy? I took you for a walk this morning. <laughs> Did Timmy fall down the well? What's going on, you know? It's like my junior high nightmare, and I don't have a math book to cover it up with. You know, it's the scenario I got going on. Of course, my boss just happens to be like, hey, Todd, can you come into my office real quick? And I was like, can you give me five minutes while I think about my dead grandma? <laughs> Look, I can't think about the live one. It just gets harder. All right, it's fine. Oh, grow up, San Francisco. She's a step-grandma, all right? She's a gilf. <laughs> she got new dentures. Christmas was awkward. It's fine. <laughs> Let's not worry about that. <laughs> no, Seattle's weird, though. Like, when I first moved up there, uh, I had a girl take me on a date to Taco Time. Or, you guys know Taco Time? 
No, it's like a Taco Bell. Don't worry about it. Just picture fast food Mexican rube. And she took me on a date there. And I was like, mm, is this girl racist or poor? Like, I don't know about that, you know? And then they have an item on the menu called a Mexi fry. And I was like, a Mexi fry? The fuck is that? Yeah, it's a tater tot. Yeah, I was like, God damn it, Northwest. You cannot sprinkle paprika on a tater tot and call it a Mexi fry. <laughs> I was outraged about this till I had a tater tot with my burrito and my Irish side kicked in. Damn, that's delicious. That is good, good food, you know? Can't fake that at all. Uh, I was driving around up there. I saw, um, when I was on a road trip here, I drove down here. I saw one of those adopt a highway signs, you know? And usually it's like highway adopted by the Elks Club or some shit like that. This one was highway adopted by Taylor and Leslie. I was like, y'all white people will adopt anything. You're out of control. <laughs> like, I don't know anything about Taylor and Leslie, but I imagine they're vegan. Uh, <laughs> they probably run marathons and they were running out of things to annoy their friends with, you know? Like Taylor and Leslie invite you out to their boat and they're like, oh my God, we rescued a highway, but who rescued who? And you're like, ah! Oh, get me off this boat. You know, they say shit like, oh, you just don't understand because you don't have a highway of yourself, of your own. And you're like, oh, terrible, terrible, terrible. Yeah, all right, uh, let's do a little longer than one minute. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> I screwed up recently. I'm trying to get healthier. I bought an avocado recently. <laughs> I know I'm a bad Mexican. First off, did you guys know it's not filled with guacamole? Were you aware of that? <laughs> I was fucking pissed. Like, I had my chips and everything out, you know? <laughs> so I bought my avocado at Target, all right? I know. <laughs> but they got that slogan, pay more, expect less, or whatever, you know? <laughs> so I went in there, and I messed up because I was wearing a red collared shirt to Target. Yeah, that's on me, right? Like, I screwed up. I get it. So I was doing my thing, and a guy comes up to me, and he's like, hey, do you know where the beer's at? And I go, yeah, man, somewhere over there. <laughs> and I go back to him, and I was, he's standing there looking at me. And I was like, can I help you? And he goes, apparently not, and then stormed off. <laughs> How rude was that guy? And I go back to the avocados. Now, I have an ancient Aztec technique for finding a perfect avocado, all right? It's a Mexican technique. It's that, you know, you got to pick it up. Hold it next to your ear. Give it a little squeeze, and the ripe ones go, si, senor. So that's how you can tell, all right? <laughs> Take that, do what you want. And now this woman there, she's a manager there, looks Latina, might be Mexican. She's like, hey, what are you doing? I saw you with that customer. I said, well, I'm buying avocados. And she leans in and goes, hey, you know we can't shop here, right? And I forgot I was wearing a red collared shirt. <laughs> I thought she meant Mexicans. What? No, I went full Rosita Parks on this woman, okay? <laughs> I was like, no, no, they are not building a wall around Target. I am not getting deported back to Walmart. I refuse to go. My mom used to shop at Walmart, wanted a better life for my sister and I, and we immigrated to Target, all right? <laughs> Citizens of Target now, right? She goes, oh, just calm down. Just, hey, what's the name of your manager? And I was like, am I about to be booked at Target? <laughs> and I said, Shannon, because that's my manager's name. <laughs> Apparently, there's a Shannon that works at this Target, though. <laughs> She's like, I'm gonna tell Shan what happened. I said, I don't care, you tell her what happened. I don't want your avocados anyways, I stormed off. So I think I got fired from Target, you guys. <laughs> hey, real quick, sorry about this. I just found out uh, alcohol costs like $20 a shot here. So if you wanna buy any merch, I have these. Season your shirts for 20 bucks. Anyways, catch me outside, I've been Todd Kirkwood. Thank you very much, Pam. Todd Kirkwood from the land of Kirkland. I want to call you Todd Kirkland because you come from Washington and that's where 
Costco is from, and they have great avocados. Did you know that avocados are going to be the new ca- currency of California when we when we secede from the union? We're going to have uh, avocados be our currency. Johnny Depp will be our president. You can all, you guys can all join California now. It's a lot of fun. We have a cash crop. It's called weed. We're all high all the time, and it's going to be great. Uh, there's a list in there. I, I'm not sure who's next on it. There's a list. There's a... <laughs> I'm a terrible, there's, it's like, I couldn't get back to the room. I was like, I could try to walk by all you nice people and try to figure out who's on the list. I don't know, there's a, there's a no list. Who's on the show tonight? <laughs> Jasper Wang, oh my God. I'm so excited about your next comedian from New York City. This is his second time here at Mutiny Radio. He's back because he had such a great time last time. You guys know him. Some of you are here to see him. You love him. Clap your hands together for Jasper Wang. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for coming out tonight. Give it up again for Pam, your host. I was, I was going to ask if you guys could tell that Pam was smoking weed in the back all show, but that just really ruined that bit right now. Uh, so fun fact about me, I was born in China. Is a lie I tell when I want to make jokes about China? No, I was born in New York. Uh, I do speak a little bit of Mandarin Chinese. I have the vocabulary of maybe a 10-year-old kid in China. Not like a smart 10-year-old who already knows calculus. <laughs> I have the vocabulary of a child factory worker who can only count to 10 because he's worked on that many versions of the iPhone. <laughs> uh, I was born in New York, still live in New York. Relatively speaking, good place to be a minority. Uh, I feel very lucky. In my entire adult life, I've only been called a racial slur one time, which probably tells you I have not been doing comedy for that long. Uh, this happened in Boston, at Fenway Park, from a man wearing a Kurt Schilling jersey. So for a minority, that's just wandering into the lion's den. So at the bottom of the seventh inning, the Red Sox have hit back-to-back-to-back home runs. And I am the only guy in the entire section not standing up and clapping. And after the third home run, this drunk man ten rows directly behind me, he has seen enough. So he yells out, hey, stand up and cheer, you fucking gook which caused a lot of conflicting emotions in me. Now, I was upset because he meant it to be hurtful, but that's a slur for Koreans, so I'm only upset by proxy. (laughs) And I'm mad he's implying that all Asians look alike, but I'm also impressed he could tell I was Asian just from the back of my head from 10 rows up. (laughs) That's good visual recognition, man. And by the way, that's not that common of a racial slur. So I respect that this guy has really been studying up on his racist vocabulary words. Like, I assume Boston public schools have a very strong curriculum in racism. And this guy had taken some upper-level electives. Uh, The sort of racism I face day-to-day is much gentler. Uh, My fiancé is white. Uh, My bowl of mashed potatoes. Uh, Jaron just left, God damn it. Uh, my fiance is white, and for whatever reason, people just never think that we're together. Like, we'll walk into a restaurant, and the host will say, oh, good evening, can I offer you a table for one and another table for one? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, miss, did you want to sit with your SAT tutor? <laughs> your dermatologist? <laughs> I'm sorry, I just don't really know what this relationship is. 
It's a lot worse in foreign countries. Uh, we were in Europe last summer, and at a bar, a very drunk woman tapped my fiance on the shoulder and said, uh, your boyfriend, he is how you say. <laughs> Which, lady, you didn't even how you say say anything there. <laughs> By the way, that's a terrible conversation starter. It's just a statement of fact. The sky is blue, this man is Asian. If you're gonna be racist, have a point of view about it. Uh, my fiance and I get into one argument, which is, uh, should we have children with hyphenated last names? And she hates this idea, says it sounds pretentious. But for me, I think a lot of people find Asian last names to be boring. And so pretentious is a lot better than boring. Like if I told you someone was coming in to interview for a job at your office today, and her name is Sarah Wang, a lot of people, they have an idea of Sarah Wang in their heads. They went to high school with a Sarah Wang. She played the clarinet, did academic decathlon. She hung out mostly with other Asian girls, some of whom were also named Sarah Wang. <laughs> she went to Rutgers to study to be a pharmacist. Sorry, is there a West Coast for UCSF? She went to UCSF to study to be a pharmacist. <laughs> What's she doing here? We're not a pharmacy. But if I told you her name was Sarah Wang Leibowitz, She sounds exotic. <laughs> you would believe anything about Sarah Wang Leibowitz. <laughs> Both her parents were the anthropologists, so she grew up among the gorillas. <laughs> she was a ballerina in Paris. At age 13, she started doing cocaine. <laughs> age 15, went to rehab, got clean. Sarah Wang Leibowitz, she could be interviewing to be CEO today. You don't know. It's 2019, a woman can be CEO. If she's at least 50% white, though. Uh, and if we have kids with hyphenated last names, it's more likely they can hang out with Mark Zuckerberg's kids. Wang Leibowitz's, Chan Zuckerberg's. Mark Zuckerberg, that guy is a better Chinese person than I will ever be. <laughs> there are Chinese mothers across America who would much rather have him as a son than whatever shitty underachievers they have. <laughs> Think about it. He went to Harvard. He studied computer science. He married a Chinese woman. He takes Chinese language lessons as an adult. He undermined American democracy so China could emerge as the world's one remaining superpower. <laughs> He's doing a ton for the Chinese. <laughs> uh, fucking Facebook. Uh, my fiance uh, does not have a Facebook account. We've, we've moved from the race stuff to the fiance stuff, in case you wanted some just signposts of where we're going. Uh, my fiance does not have a Facebook account, and she does not even like it when I post things about us on social media. So what that means is, I must have Facebook friends who I have not seen since middle school, and they think I made up another fake girlfriend. <laughs> I also met this one at sleepaway camp. <laughs> uh, when we got engaged, I went to go update my Facebook relationship status, uh, but I didn't have a profile to link to, and I wasn't allowed to post a photo. So my Facebook just says, Jasper is engaged, period. <laughs> you can finish that sentence however you want. Jasper is engaged in his work. Jasper is engaged politically. <laughs> Jasper is engaged in a sword fight to the death. It's all true. Uh, now that we're engaged, it's time to plan a wedding. And weddings are these wonderful opportunities to bring together your closest friends and family so they can talk shit about your wedding. 
I did not know what the word khaki meant until I started going to weddings. And then I understood it's a word you can use to describe every noun at a wedding. Khakiness is in the eye of the beholder. Um, and there might be some people here who I've been to their weddings. Rest assured, not your weddings, other people's <laughs> weddings. And weddings, they're the only big life event where people feel totally comfortable being judgmental assholes all throughout it. Like, nobody's ever walked out of a funeral and gone, did you guys see how gaudy that casket was? And I cannot believe the mother of the widow was also wearing black. Some people just have no class, even when they're dead. Uh, it's 2019. Uh, men should be doing their fair share of wedding plannings. Hashtag me too. Um, but we are not. <laughs> Last year, I went to a, uh, I was a groomsman in a wedding. And 10 days before the wedding, I asked the groom, hey, are we going to have to do that thing where they like introduce the wedding party and we have to dance out onto the dance floor? And he said, I quote, nah, dude, that shit is corny. <laughs> 10 days later, I am dancing out onto the dance floor <laughs> to the sounds of who let the dogs out. <laughs> this guy thought he could nix major wedding decisions. He couldn't even nix the Baja men. <laughs> my fiance, I don't, I don't want to do my wife as crazy jokes because she's not, and I love her, and she's sitting right there. That would be <laughs> awkward. But let me tell you one little crazy thing that she, she does sometimes. <laughs> Uh, we'll turn off the light, get into bed, get ready for bed. I am halfway asleep. And she'll say, I have a question. You can just ask your question. There's only two of us here. <laughs> I'm not your high school English teacher. I don't have to like acknowledge you before you start talking. <laughs> okay, my question is, would you be sad if I died? <laughs> the sexiest pillow talk. <laughs> yes, of course I would be sad if you died. That's good. I have a follow-up question. <laughs> if I died, how long would you wait before you started dating again? <laughs> now, you guys recognize the trap because you're smarter people than I am. <laughs> but the first time she asked me that, I answered earnestly. I said, I don't know, like 18 months, something like that? <laughs> and she was not happy. <laughs> wow, 18 months, really? Okay, wow, 18 months. Now at this point, I know I have gotten the answer wrong, <laughs> but I have no idea if I am even close to the right answer. <laughs> I felt like the dumb kid in school where you say something and everybody else reacts like you're an idiot, but you're not even sure what direction you're wrong in. <laughs> hey, how many US presidents have there been? I don't know, like 100? What, are you serious? Uh, sorry, like 500? <laughs> Just tell me what the right answer is so I can go back to sleep. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Jasper Wang, yay! Give it up for him and his beautiful bride. How very exciting. Which one is the bride? Is she interested in you? Yay! Congratulations! Hey, yeah, I'm giving you the eye out there, Andy Picaro. He, your next comics, he's up next, and he's outside because it's very full in here. And he's, yell, yell, say Andy Picaro. Say Andy Picaro. 
Andy Pratt, there we go. You're next comedian. I'm really excited because this is his third time back here at the festival. He's awesome. Um, I met him years ago up at a festival in Washington, and he came from Pennsylvania, and now he lives in L.A., and he's going to be famous someday, so you guys are going to be like, I remember when I saw him in that room at Muni Radio, because he's going to have one of those Netflix specials or something. You're, yeah, of course you are. He's so funny. You guys are going to love him. Put your hands together for Andy Picaro. Yeah. I didn't, I thought the last show was still going, so I was just bullshitting outside. There's a puppy out there and stuff, so, you know, you know how it goes. What's going on? I love, I, yeah, she's right. I'm from Pennsylvania. I live in L.A. now. I'm still getting used to the West Coast thing. I've been here for, like, two years. I still can't. Like, your homeless are just really rude here. They're really rude. In New York, I like the homeless. They were, like, part of the block. You knew them. They're almost like block security guards. Like, if something was wrong on the block, they took care of it. I knew their names. I kind of knew their stories and stuff. And in L.A., I hate every guy at the 7-Eleven. I hate every single one because in New York, it was somebody who used to live in a building nearby, and they fell on rough times, and they want to get back in it. And in L.A., it's everybody's worst uncle just got on a bus <laughs> and just didn't get off till they got there. Terrible. And people, and people charge rocks in L.A. Anybody know anybody charges rocks? energy. I got a friend that charges gemstones in her backyard because she said it gives her energy. <laughs> Why wouldn't you just fucking go to Arizona and pick up a few rocks there? They're the most powerful rocks on earth then, aren't they? And then she's like, no, you don't make fun of me. You don't get it. I take it because I don't want to take Prozac for my depression. I was like, people take Prozac so they don't go outside and charge rocks. That's why you do it. <laughs> You do it so you don't go outside on your hands and knees like, this one's ready. That's got to be, that's got to be a new thing, by the way. Like, I don't remember, like, growing up and going over to a friend's house and like, hey, don't lean your bike over that piece of quartz. My dad has a big meeting tomorrow, okay? He's really, <laughs> he needs that charge. <laughs> oh, no. I don't want to make fun of anybody's thing. If you charge rocks, that's fine. I own cats, so it's just as weird. It's really just as, <laughs> it misses in, in, a, in a different direction, but same thing. Now, I try and be, you know, more, like, alert to things. Like, I'm not real political. I know that because every political argument I've ever had ends with me going, I don't know, maybe you're right. Can we, <laughs> can we stop? Well, I, I did not read about this. I didn't read about this, and now we're talking about it. Like, I lost a fight to a flat earther. <laughs> he killed me in it. Like, he, it wasn't a real fight. I would have lost that, too. But it was just a normal argument, and he crushed me. He was like, the earth is flat. I'm like, no, it's not, dummy. He's like, prove that it's round. Couldn't, <laughs> couldn't do it. I couldn't even tell him why I believed it was round. I couldn't at all. I've never gone to the equator and done that math. Has anybody ever done that? Just like, oh, look at the sun. Like, ah, oh, it seems, I don't know why. I just believe the charismatic black dude on Nova. He said it was round. <laughs> I believe him. I like him. Boom. Round to me. No, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not woke. I'm awake. Like, I'm up. Like, I'm groggy, and I see what's going on. But I'm not like, you know, you know, like, people are like, why'd you vote for Hillary Clinton? Because I was supposed to. All my friends said to, so I did it. I don't know. Anderson Cooper thought it was a good idea, so I hopped on. I don't know why I did it. I just did what I thought I was supposed to do. I think I would have voted for Trump if he was running for uncle of the United States, though. <laughs> right? 
Doesn't that seem like an appropriate title for him? If he was Uncle United, it makes sense because all of our uncles are kind of like him and they're not billionaires. It's just, you know, they don't have helicopters. <laughs> now, I, um, I, uh, I didn't know what I was going to do next, so I was just going to pretend like I did. I, um, I, I do have cats, and I know I mentioned that earlier. You know what sucks is that my one cat passed away, and I'll never know how much he loved me, because cats love you like people love their step-parents. It's, you know what I mean? It's not, you're okay being in the same house, and you want to, you know, invite them to dinner, but after that, it's kind of over. You know what I mean? That's why, <laughs> like, I wanted to plan a last day for my cat, because I knew he was dying, and I saw a guy did that with his Yorkie, and I'm like, oh, I'll do that. But, like, he took his Yorkie to the park, and they, like, chase ducks and stuff. What do you do with a cat? It's like, all right, just lay on the floor indifferent to me. It's your day, buddy. You know, whatever you want. <laughs> just slightly look away from me. <laughs> Don't pay attention. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> no, it's, um, it's weird. It's, it, he, had, he had kitty disease, so I was like a cat nurse for like, like three or four years. I had to water the cat every night at 7 p.m. <laughs> I had to. You're laughing too hard, sir. Thank you for... You have to laugh with me here. Don't be mean. <laughs> By the way, you have the coolest parents in the world, the fact that you're here. They're just really cool. You're on the right track, bud. No, but I, there you go. Oh, dude, look at him. He just looks cool. Damn, that's awesome. Your dad's like in the white stripes or some shit. That's cool, dude. <laughs> no, but when, when my cat died, my, my, all my friends were like, oh, man, are you sad? I'm like, yeah, of course I'm sad, but it's like, you know, it's kind of like when your mom dies. I can travel now, you know? I don't got to water the cat at seven. I don't got, I can, I can be, I can go around. My mom's still alive. <laughs> she's still alive. She is, she is. And but I worry because she's 60, so I got like another 15 years of her being a person, you know? Because once you turn 75, you're just a house cat that can use the phone. Let's face facts. The neck's all craned weird. People want, they're, they're like, Andy, you should go to the gym. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Because, like, look, look at me. First of all, men, men lose their, like, edge, like, really early. Like, your grandma is probably still pretty sharp. And she probably was when she died. Like, you know, your grandma probably knows what dress she wore to the bank in the 40s. If your grandpa still knows the color of his car, you're like, grandpa's pretty sharp, huh? Look at him. <laughs> he must be doing crosswords. <laughs> right? Like, I know best case scenario for me is, like, still being with it at, like, 56. You know what I mean? That's where I'm going to... I don't want to be one of the old ones. And my friends are like, oh, dude, Andy, if you go to the gym, you feel great. If you go to the gym, you feel wonderful. You know what feels wonderful? Never going to the gym. <laughs> feel great every day. <laughs> my friends, they wake up, they're like, my glutes are. I'm like, I don't even know what those are. <laughs> I have no idea what those are. I've never heard of those. That sounds stupid that you have them. <laughs> but no, I, 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 you know, try. I want to start, like, walking, and I live in L.A., and no one is ever walking in L.A. Like, if you're on a sidewalk in L.A., you live there, or you're changing a tire. Those are the only two reasons. And so it's like, you know, you start a light jog in L.A., you're just a fat guy running down the sidewalk. Everyone just looks at you like, that's a problem. That's not good. He's running from something. <laughs> and he just started. He's just started that trot today. He didn't do that yesterday. He's brand new at this. You guys are a lot of fun. I didn't even know I was going to come up right then. I was just outside smoking a cigarette, and they're like, Andy, you're next. It's like, that figures. <laughs> I, um, I, uh, 
I got called racist recently, which, you know, I'm a weird-looking white guy, so that's dangerous for me to get called racist, you know what I mean? Because especially when I'm not being racist. When I am, I understand it. <laughs> but when I'm not being... The other day, I had, I had admitted that I'd never dated a black girl. My one buddy right away, he goes, that's racist. It was like, really? You think it's me that doesn't want to do that? <laughs> you think... Think it's me? Think I've just been turning down black girls for 30 fucking years? Like, nah, not my type. No, I like them a lot. They've never liked me at all, not even a little bit. I don't like using they in that context, but I know. I've had empirical evidence. And just think about it. How many of your black girlfriends have a boyfriend that looks just like me? They don't. <laughs> you know? Hey, fuck it. A black guy who has a boyfriend that looks just like me. He doesn't. That doesn't exist. That's not a real thing. Black people don't like people who look like Roseanne Barr. They don't like it. <laughs> and for good reason, let's face it. Let's face facts. Uh, but now my uncle, he's, he's somebody who was like pretend upset when Roseanne got fired. Like, that's not right. She just was voicing her opinions. Like, she works for Disney. You think people who work for Disney can just tweet whatever the hell they want? <laughs> If you fucking were serving churros at Disneyland, you would have gotten fired for tweeting that. She had a TV show. I'm just going to get fired. And then he literally laid on to me about how he's like, well, everybody gets a parade. Now how come straight white men don't get a parade? I'm like, first of all, is there anything more feminine than asking when's your parade? <laughs> <laughs> like, are you serious? Did you just ask that? When's your parade, really? It's like, dude, you're a straight white guy. Your parade is Monday morning when you walk to work. If fucking enjoy it. Look around. <laughs> Take some pictures. There's your parade. <laughs> oh. Now I um, I I, re I really do need to read more. I guess is what this all comes down to. <laughs> Man, I didn't have time to take off my jacket, and it's hot, and I won't do it because then my shirt will lift up, and you guys don't want to see this. There's no reason for that to happen in here, frankly. Nah, I, um, I do want to have kids. Anybody here have kids besides you guys? You guys have, you have the kids? <laughs> you got kids back there? Very polite. Oh, he, I know, he, he established that, bud. No, but thank you. Thanks for coming out, dude. That's how, how old are you? 13. I like how your, your leg is up. How much confidence have you given this kid in his life? That's awesome. It's not a bad thing. Put your leg back up. <laughs> there you go, buddy. I love that. He's sitting there. Like he's 32 smoking a cigarette. You know what I mean? That's the way he's sitting, and I love it. I, he's a good kid. Oh, this, we're in California. Cigarettes are terrible. Sorry, I didn't mean to say that. Don't do them. <laughs> no, see, I, I just, like, I, like five minutes ago, I lit a cigarette before I took my Uber here, and the people next to me looked at me like I just tipped over a stroller. They were like, seriously? Come on. Relax. No, I, um, I do want to have kids someday. I don't, I don't think I'm responsible. The number one reason I think I'm not ready to have kids is because whenever me and my girlfriend have a pregnancy scare, that's, uh, that's what we call it. <laughs> that's what it is. It's a scare. If not a pregnancy, maybe we'll be happy forever. We don't say that. We're just two people terrified in a Rite Aid. That's all we are. No, but I think before I have kids, I think I want to have a stepkid first. Right? Little stepper, get you on your way. Right? Because a stepkid's like having a rental car. You don't want to fuck it up. But if you do... You know, <laughs> it's not really your problem. 
right? Like a stepdad's all the fun stuff. It's like, oh, your girlfriend's pregnant? Talk to your father. You're looking for the weekend guy. <laughs> no, I think before I have a real flesh and blood kid, I think I want to be able to design my kid on a computer. Right? Because I want to have a daughter that looks just like me. Anybody in here have an attractive daughter? What happens? You just worry your whole life, and then you die and hope other people worry. That's what you do. But if your daughter looked just like me, how much would you really worry? <laughs> like, if your daughter looked just like me and she wanted to go to Aruba for spring break, you come back. <laughs> You're going to see her again. All right, guys, thank you so much. The first show of the weekend. Thank you, Pam, for having me. He's coming back from Aruba. Uh, your next comedian, he hails from the Northwest, but he's been all over the country. I heard him on a podcast today, and he's hilarious. You're going to love him. Put your hands together for Sean Riccio. Yes. Hello. Good evening, humans and gentle folk. I have been all over the country avoiding the authorities and my debts. How are you doing? Yes. Hi, I too went to college and can't afford it like you. What's up, San Francisco? Uh... <laughs> Uh, I've been dating a lot recently. Yes, I've been dating human women against all odds. Believe in yourself. Your dreams can come true, too. Uh, <laughs> I love it. It's super fun. I love paying for two dinners but only getting to eat one of them. <laughs> yeah. In this economy, in these troubled times, that makes you feel good. You feel like a provider when you can do that. Uh, I've, I've been dating, uh, I've been dating this lady for a while, and, uh, I'm from, I'm from Seattle, that's where I'm based out of right now, but I'm originally, was born and bred in the East Coast, all my family is from, like, Boston and New York, and my girlfriend, she is, like, a Seattle person, she is, like, lived there all of her life, and she's a hippy-dippy kindergarten teacher, so, like, we communicate very differently. Like, I'm very direct and abrupt and brusque. And a couple weeks ago, she was telling me about something, some incident that happened at her hippy-dippy kindergarten workplace. And the way she described it was, this is a verbatim quote, somebody said something to someone else, and there were some bad feelings. <laughs> And I'm like, uh, honey, I love you, but like, we are going to have to add at least like three more nouns to that sentence. You know, verbs, structures, give me something. You could be describing a building that was so general. Like, wh what happened? And of course, what happened is what happens in any workplace where there is a woman. Uh, her boss, who was a guy, was incompetent and negligent, and now it's her fucking problem. Yeah, remember that part of the set at the beginning where I was making fun of my girlfriend? That was capital, and we're going to spend it. This is a TED Talk. Buckle up. <laughs> no, because I, am, I consider myself a feminist because I subscribe to the radical idea that women are also people. <laughs> and I don't know if you've been, like, outside in America, but that's, like, some people have a hard time grabbing that one. And I come by it honest, you got to understand, because... I come from like a deeply matriarchal family. Like my family, we're all Irish Italian Catholics. So like my grandmother who raised me was the fifth daughter of six daughters who all raised like three daughters apiece. 
and then they all had two daughters, and now my generation, they're all having their kids, and guess who they are? What I, there's like five men in my family, and we are all fucking morons. <laughs> like, just great at dunces, beautiful minds. Like, I can't imagine. That's what shocked me when I got out into the real world and discovered that apparently men run everything. What? How do you get anything done in the day? How is everything not covered in jizz? Because, like, I'm thinking the spaces in the houses that I live were like, you're the one dude. Like, you're just, you're just trying to find any space. Like, I need the bathroom for, like, five minutes. Come on. Like, nothing. Okay. <laughs> Everybody else had ample privacy, I guess. And, and also, like... This is this the, this is the thing that was really fucking crazy about it. Like I grew up with my mom, my grandma, my brother who was the same age as me and basically like no other dudes in our family. So when we turned 14 and we had to learn how to shave, we had to ask my fucking grandma. Grandma, how do you, how do you like shave cuz my face is kind of itchy. <sighs> I don't, I don't fucking, uh, is it like shaving your legs? Uh, maybe? I don't know, could you, you might not get to fill me in on that. Ah, it's probably like that. And that was fucking it. That's all we got for four years until I finally went to college and met another guy and was living with him and I'm like, hey, what are your faces, your face is smooth, what are you doing? <laughs> Like I, just, but yeah, women in the workplace dealing with men. Like my fucking, I feel bad. I feel really bad because like, <sighs> you also don't get to relax if you're in that situation. Like I dated a, a woman a few years ago who was like a genius. Like when I say a genius, you gotta understand. I'm not like hyperbolizing. Like oh, she did Sudoku and she was really good at it. She worked at Google doing AI development. She basically made robots that tested other dumber robots. She's smarter than me, she's smarter than you, she's smarter than everybody else in this room. And all she wanted to do when she got home from her eight hours a day, like harvesting code, what, however they do it, I don't know, like <laughs> they, 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 they rub the fleam on the plumbus and now there's code. <laughs> and now you can check your email, magic, whatever. Like the mo making modern civilization go. Like holding up the pillars of society. All she wanted to do was watch Bridezilla, like just trash TV. Like the dumber the better. Like anything. I was like, we could watch like a documentary or like Star Trek or something. And she's like, Snoop Dogg paints a house badly. There's three seasons. Let's get it. I ordered it all on Amazon. The DVDs are coming, because this was a while ago. You couldn't stream yet. You still had to buy DVDs. It was the dark times. Ah, <laughs> oh, were we ever so stupid? Uh <laughs> I'm actually, I'm in, I'm in like a, a few steady relationships now because I'm uh, poly, which is how we say uh, in English, a huge slut. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's great. Uh, <laughs> right? I mean, what, what, would I, what, what if I said like, it's awful. Oh, God. There's so many people who love me. Ugh. 
What a nightmare. No. <laughs> um, I, here's the, I'll let you, let you behind the curtain a little bit into the magic. I mixed up my set a bit, and now I'm trying to remember how we actually ramp up into this joke without the setup I used earlier, and we do it by saying this. I even, like... <laughs> Like I date, a, I I was dating a lot. I still do date a lot, and it's it's difficult, but not for the reasons you might be thinking after listening to me for so long. And you, because you're thinking to yourself, Sean, how could you have a hard time dating? You're a 30-year-old ex-call center jockey with a philosophy degree, no car, and an encyclopedic knowledge of the original Star Wars trilogy. You should be drowning in pussy. Right? 13-year-old child, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but no, no, that's not how it goes. Strange masculine voice in the back of my head that I can never seem to get to shut up no matter how much I drink or smoke. Uh, no, that's not how it goes. Uh, it's an, I have a hard time dating. It's not for the reasons you think. It's not because I am a garbage can on fire that walks like a man. <laughs> It's not because I'm the human equivalent of a failed state. Oh, good, you guys read the papers. I don't have to slow down. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll speak faster. No, <laughs> uh, no I, I have a hard time dating because I'm into, like, really aggressive, dominant women. And that's just a group of people we don't make a lot of in Western society, right? Up top, patriarchy, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, he did not he did not dismiss the fist bump. Questionable. Uh no, yeah, just keep pressing down on that glass ceiling so that there's only that one lady on OK Cupid with like a picture of a cricket bat in her profile menacing. And I'm just like, uh, hey, are you still dating that asshole? Cause I'm out here trying to get it to work. This is me clicking the email button on OK Cupid. <laughs> clicking the email button, because I'm apparently 73 goddamn years old. Uh <laughs> And I, it, like it, that that makes dating difficult, like because you gotta understand. Like when I say aggressive and dominant, I mean like really. I essentially want a gay leather daddy who ovulates. That's my ideal sexual partner. San Francisco, you know what I'm talking about. I want sex to be like a wrestling match that I lost. <laughs> I want sex to be like a mugging that went badly. <laughs> Like statistics and dental records badly. I want sex to be like a deleted scene from American Psycho. Yeah, right? You understand what I'm saying? Tarps. We need to get some tarps in this place. I wanted the apartment with the hardwood, but you said, no, I like the carpeting. Every time. Every time we get an apartment, me and this imaginary girlfriend that I made up for this joke like five years ago. <laughs> No, I'm actually, I have, I have a for real partner now. She is not someone from Canada that I met at summer camp. Uh, <laughs> uh, and she's here with me. And, like, this is the thing. Like, like our arguments are just weird. Like, it, it's complicated. Once you find a person like that, it's also just weird. Then there, I, can't com I can't, like, share it with anybody. There's no, like, commiseration with other comedians before a show. Like, they're all vetching about their wives, their girlfriends, their boyfriends. And it's always stuff like, oh, my girlfriend, her feet are always cold. She's always occupying physical space. <laughs> Whatever. 
whatever normal cisgendered heterosexual guys complain about in relationships. I don't know because my complaints are always like, this ball gag is way too big. Oh, oh this is in my mouth. Are you looking at the measurements before you buy this thing? Hey, I left the I, I I think I left my dog bowl at your apartment. Can I can I get it back when I when I come over? No, you left it. You barely don't care about it. That was a gift. Yeah, it was my birthday gift. I want that back. I gave it to the dog. Don't don't give my dog bowl to the actual dog. That's hurtful. But not like the fun hurtful. <laughs> oh, come on. Why did you buy the cheap maid's uniform? Don't I want to feel pretty every once in a while? It's on my Amazon wish list. You had better buy it because I, on these wages? Are you kidding? I'm a semi-professional comedian. Do you know what that means, sir? Do you know what that means? That means I make dozens of dollars a year doing this. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you have been great. Give it up for the Muni Radio Comedy Festival. Give it up for your host, Pam Benjamin. Good night. Sean Riccio, yay! You guys are troopers. We have one comic left in this amazing show tonight. Uh, uh, he is lovely. Before before we get to him, I just want to say one thing about Sean. Uh, with the Tinder, you know, some people say raise the bar. Some people say lower the bar. I say meet at the bar. What the fuck are you guys doing with these dumb apps? Like, go to the bar and meet people, you weirdos. Like, what is the fuck's going on? You know what I'm talking about. That's how we used to meet men, right? You just go to the bar. I don't get it. Dating so hard. I'm like, do you not go to bars? Like, what are you? Why do you live in San Francisco? Like, there's a bar in every corner for a reason. Uh, your neck, your last comedian of the night. He, I got to see him earlier today, and he was very, very funny. And he has a voice for radio. Let me tell you, he has a face for it too. No, he's a lovely. He's actually very pretty. He's a pretty. He's a pretty young man, um, hailing from Washington. You guys are gonna love him. Put your hands together for Andrew Murphy. Yeah, damn straight, I'm good looking. All right, all right. Yeah, I am from Seattle. I came all the way down here for this. It's pretty. I like this town. It's all right. It's all right. I went to go see Alcatraz. Not Alcatraz is surprisingly pleasant for a government fortress that got turned into a prison colony. Like it's surprisingly nice out there. While I was out there, the uh, the nice park ranger was telling me he was like, "Yeah, these are Western black crowned." seagulls and uh they mate for life i was like that's interesting like is that true do seagulls mate for life or can we just not tell seagulls apart (laughs) you know because if seagulls mating policy is anything like their french fries in the dumpsters policy i think it's pretty safe to assume the seagulls fuck (laughs) oh man I'm sorry, I have to come up on stage here tonight with a set list, actually. I've been away from stand-up for a while. I've, uh, I booked uh, my first TV thing, which is very exciting. Very, yeah, yeah. I got, I got booked as one of the hosts of Straight Eye for the Straight Guy. Yeah. It's a show where I just go to other dudes' houses, and I'm like, there's a cool pool table, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. It's like I live in a bar, dude. Yeah. And then we just drink and talk about how we would have done the Bin Laden raid different. <laughs> you know? I would have gone in through the window, got him in the back, you know? Yeah. 
You got to talk to people you don't like, you know? You got to talk. You got to meet new people. That's the important thing. That's why I travel and do these comedy festivals. Like the other day, I was talking with a guy who was pro-life, and he was dropping some pro-life knowledge on me. And I don't know if you guys know this, but this is actually true. Do you guys know that at 16 weeks, the fetus has developed everything it needs to dunk? And I don't know. And you got to respect that, because, you know, because for some people, life just begins at the rim, you know? <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah, man, it's, uh, how you guys liking Trump, huh? How we feeling on him here, huh? Boo, low, low average, low average, I'm sensing on the, I do gotta say, like, I don't like the guy, but people, a lot of the things people say about him really drive me crazy. Whenever people are like, there's nothing Trump could do that would surprise me anymore, I'm like, I don't know, I could think of a few things. Yeah. <laughs> like, if Trump could dunk, I'd be pretty surprised. <laughs> Or even, like, a strong alley-oop. I'd be like, oh, all right. Or, like, if Trump was gay, that'd be pretty, you know, if he was like, I did it, I'm gay, I'm the best at being gay, I sucked Elton John's dick, like, a million times. (laughs) This doesn't change how I feel about other minorities. I'd be like, all right, all right. Or if he dunked while gay. (laughs) He's jumped up and, like, bit a dick on the rim and put the ball in a butt. (laughs) That joke's relatively new. Don't, like, look. <laughs> my jokes are like my babies. Some of them are fucking dumb, and they're not all gonna make it, so. <laughs> all right, all right, yeah. But, uh, yeah. I don't know, yeah, I do have a voice for radio, though. This is going out live on the radio, right? Yeah, I got a great radio. I would love to work in the radio. The radio, the most thriving of the media right now. I would love to work for a classic rock radio station. You're like, all right, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to 92.3 KQKLAQKLAW, the Kakla. <laughs> oh, all right, we're coming at you live from on top of the hill. We're going to be giving away tickets to see Asia playing in Boston. <laughs> Boston playing in Asia. And Blasia, the first all Asian Boston tribute band. <laughs> They are all Japanese, except for the drummer, who is Thai. (laughs) All right, we're going to be playing some Beatles, some Stones, some Kinks, some The Who, and other lost gems of the rock revolution. Just kidding, Hotel California on a loop until I am dead, you motherfuckers! (laughs) Oh, man. Nah, but you can't, you know, I could probably still, I could work at like a cool radio station like this one. You guys got like cool alt radio stations in town here? Like college radio stations like this one where you just do like, hey, yeah, like this one. We're like, hey, you're listening to Mutiny Radio. My name's DJ Inside Joke. Like, whatever. I don't even need this job. <laughs> we were just playing the newest track by... <laughs> <laughs> That's off the newest compilation record by... <laughs> records. Next up, we're going to be having an in-studio session from some coked out vegan Brooklyn indie darling who did <laughs> who found just the right amount of reverb to make people think his haircut's not stupid <laughs> and we got some very exciting news surviving members of Oingo Boingo Chumbawamba Incubus and Hoobastank have formed a super group <laughs> called Oingo Wumba Hoobubus <laughs> and they're gonna be headlining Lollapalooza yeah, man. And you guys got health care. 
I one day hope to also have health care. <laughs> I do not have this, this, uh, they didn't give me my, my tax paperwork when I agreed to do this festival here, so I don't know what my billing status for this year is going to be. Oh, no, man. If I ever get health insurance, I'm going to go nuts. Oh, man, I'm going to live in a CAT scan machine. You won't be able to get me out. It's going to be great. I'm going to have, like, experimental therapy. I'm not even that fucked up, but I'm going to be, like, getting prescription ecstasy and shit. Going to weird Swiss doctors that make me fight a guy who looked like my dad or something. It's going to be good. I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold a The Bachelor with doctors. I'm going to have, like, 20 doctors. I'm going to be like, Dr. Smith, you prescribed me Vicodin very quickly. I appreciate that. Here's your stethoscope. So we do stethoscopes instead of roses on my pretend show. No, I, uh, I would, man, having health insurance would be great, you know, man, man. I don't know, like, because it jives a lot in my brain because I am of Norwegian extraction, and they have very good health insurance up in Norway, you know, and, like, it's very weird to be Norwegian in America without health insurance because... Whoever you are in America, your immigrant story is like a huge thing with you. You know, you're like, oh, we were Irish and we were treated like shit, but we came to America and we built this country. And when you're Norwegian, you're just like, you stupid motherfuckers. <laughs> you stupid Norwegian ancestor motherfuckers. You couldn't have ridden out the reign of Hakonan Eighth just a few more years. <laughs> so I could have had health insurance. I could have been blonde, you motherfuckers. <laughs> But no, you had to move to Yellow Medicine County, Minnesota, and grow farms and have a whole bunch of kids who got addicted to meth. All right, all right, yeah. I don't know, you know. I, it's it's very interesting to me. That, like, America is a very weird place. I uh, I'm very interested in the history of America. I uh, I run a YouTube channel. It's called What the Fuck Is in America. You should all go check it out. But it's very hard to find because I didn't think it through before I named it. But. Um, <laughs> Like, literally, come talk to me after the show. I'll just give you a coupon on how to get there. It's You can't find it. But one of the things I think is very interesting is, you know, like, is who built America? And if you really get down to it, it was ugly people. You know, like, sixes and down, we built America. You know? Like, you look at those pictures of all the people on the steel girders. You know, the guy, the picture of the famous people on the girders eating lunch? They're not hot. That's all sixes and down. You know? No one, no one with cheekbones had to fight at Gettysburg. You know, it was all uggos. Because if you were hot, you didn't need to leave Europe. All the ugly, bog Irish people were getting shoveled onto the boat, and then all the hot Irish people were like, why don't you just ask people for potatoes? People just give me potatoes all the time, you know? All right, all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close on this one here, and, uh, and I'm going to burn the light a little bit, sorry. Um, I'm single, you know, because I suck, but whatever, I had it coming, you know, and... Fucking is weird. Fucking is Sex is just what poor people do when there's no wrestling on TV. But you got to do it every once in a while just to remember that you can. You know, and, and fucking is weird because it's like, I don't know, you guys got water parks around here? No, no. Okay, shit. This joke won't work if you don't. If you're not <laughs> intimately familiar with water parks. All right. Well, now that some of the momentum's gone, let's get back into it. <laughs> I'm bad at flirting. I'm just really bad. Because, like, my problem is my flirting is just being sociable and polite, you know? And, like, for some people, that's their game, you know? Like, I'll be at a bar, and I'll just be like, talking to the bartender, like, I will have this. And then the bartender like, here you go. And I'll be like, thank you. Here's a tip. And then my friends are like, you're trying to fuck, aren't you? Yeah. That's Andrew's game. Step one, be polite. Step two, all night. <laughs> Step three, 
New city, new name, start over. It's not necessary. It's just how I do things. Yeah. That's actually how my parents met. My mom was a waitress, and my dad just didn't spit on the floor. All right, I'll end on that. My name has been Andrew Murphy. You guys have been wonderful. Thank you very much. Give it back over to your host, Pam Benjamin, there. Andrew Murphy, everyone. Uh, give it up for yourselves for being in this room and listening to live comedy. Yay, you! Say yay, us! Yay, us! Say yay these two young men that have, really, this is you guys. I'm so glad you were here. This was a lot of fun. And um, you guys are really mature. No, it was. It was really cool, seriously. And I usually feel weird about fuck swearing in front of children, but not tonight. Um, again, thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, this has been Pam Tess's Comedy Clubhouse. We have one more show tonight at 10 o'clock. Um, it's all women, but go outside and meet the comedians and uh, come back in if you want uh, for the next show. But thank you so much for being here. This has been a lot of fun. We have shows going. In, until Tuesday, so we've got tomorrow night from 6 to 10 p.m. We have shows on Sunday. We have 5 to 10 on Monday, 5 to 10, Tuesday, 5 to 10. So come back, and thank you so much for being here. Good night. Yay! of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice. 
LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas, and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento, honestly, is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls, trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday, live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. Thank you. 
July 1946, Paris. In the reception room of that palace on the right bank of the river, a hale and hearty journalist heckled for a quarter of an hour a thin man with deep marks of suffering and privation on his face, who had in front of him a small vase of pink roses. Round about were nearly 100 reporters and observers from all countries. Mr. President, you are a communist, aren't you? Yes, the man replied sedately. Have you been in the resistance? Ladies yes. and gentlemen, Angelo How Alimenti. long? About 40 years. Have you been in prison, too? It was clear what the journalist was driving at. Yes. What prison? Many, sir. Long? The thin man looked at the hale and hearty journalist with a faint smile and said, in prison, time is always long, you know. The reply given in French was prompt, clear, and unexpected. Was it said as a reproach, as irony, or as humor? What is certain is that at that instant, Frenchmen, Englishmen, and Americans in the room were astonished to notice that the goatee-bearded scholar could smile in Paris or in London as well as in Hanoi. It was the unscrutable smile of a wise man whose vision stretched far beyond today. Have you any further questions, journalist? In prison, time is always long. Ho Chi Minh, prison diary. Arrested at Tukvin Street, Abundance and Glory Street. At Abundance and Glory Street, shame was thrust on me so as to delay my journey. I am an honest man with a clear conscience, but I was accused without ground of being a spy. Entering Sing Si District Prison, Old inmates of the jail welcome new prisoners. In the sky, white clouds are chasing the black ones away. White clouds and black have drifted out of our sight. On earth, free people are huddled into the jail. Hard is the road of life. Having climbed over steep mountains and high peaks, how should I expect on the plains to meet greater danger? In the mountains, I met the tiger and come out unscathed. On the plains, I encountered men and was thrown into prison. I was a representative of Vietnam, on my way to China to meet an important personage. On the quiet road, a sudden storm broke loose, and I was thrust into jail as an honored guest. I am a straightforward man with no crime on my conscience, but I was accused of being a spy for China. So life, you see, is never a very smooth business. And now the present bristles with difficulties. Morning. Every morning the sun, emerging over the wall, darts its rays against the gate. But the gate remains locked. Inside the prison, the ward is shrouded in darkness. But we know, outside the rising sun is shown. Once awake, everyone starts on the hunt for lice. At eight o'clock, the gong sounds for the morning meal. Come on, let's go and eat to our heart's content. For all we have suffered, there must be good times coming. Noon. In the cell. How lovely it is to have a siesta. For hours we're carried away in sound sleep. I dream of riding a dragon up into heaven. 
waking and brought abruptly back into prison. Afternoon. Two o'clock. The cell door opens to let fresh air in. Everyone raises his head for a look at the sky. Free spirits haunting the sky of liberty. Do you know your own kind are languishing in prison? Prison meals. At every meal, only one bowl of red rice, without vegetables, without salt, and even no broth to go with it. Those who get food brought into them can sometimes eat their fill. But without help from outside the jail, we groan with hunger. The Gruel Inn. At the side of the road, in the shade of a big tree, a thatched hut serves as an inn for passing travelers. But there's no wine for the guests of this institution. The menu is just cold rice gruel and white salt.
Black Black Plastic is a show you're tuned into in this